everybody. Welcome to the New World Podcast bonus episode. My name is Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. Happy to be here. And Erica. Hi. And we're going to be talking about a couple things we've just been watching lately. Real quick, if you're listening to this, we have just uh, released, or just released a little bit ago, our episode on Slaughterhouse. So if you have not checked that episode out, please check that one out. It's a slasher film shot in Mark and I's hometown of San Diego. And if that isn't reason enough alone, I don't know what 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 reason there is to listen to that episode, except for just do you do you like, do you like slashers? Do you like slashers? Do you like slasher movies that try to be funny? Do you like pork? Then you, Slaughterhouse <laughs> is the movie for you. Do you like San Diego? Do you, more specifically, do you like Fallbrook? And if you answered yes to any of those questions, you should be listening to, to Slaughterhouse, like our good friends in Denver, who have won the most listened to top cities, listening to the New World podcast, according to last week's analytics. So, uh, Denver, <laughs> hey, pe- Denver people, we love you. We love you. If you uh, don't live in Denver and you want your city to be mentioned on a bonus episode of the New World podcast, tell a friend. Have them listen. And That's maybe right. your city can be number one, and we'll call it out. We love Denver. Denver's my favorite town, and my favorite town can change every two weeks. So it's up to you. It's up to you, listeners. Represent your city and get a few friends to listen separately, but in your same town, to our podcast. Okay, and we will mention your city. <laughs> yeah, do not if you are about to cross over into another state stop finish the podcast in your state then drive on to wherever you need to go um exactly. so we're gonna start we're gonna start out with stuff that we have watched this this uh, past week or past weeks or so and we're gonna start uh with a newer movie um we're gonna start with a movie called underwater listen carefully you are now five thousand miles from land and you're descending seven miles to the bottom of the ocean. See you all in a month. Here we go. Alright, we're gonna do this! Let's do this! scale from one to ten how bad's my rig ten. now underwater is currently available on hbo it came out um in january of last year and um we did obviously did not get a chance to see it in the theater um before quarantine went down and everything and then uh but now it is on hbo and i decided to put it on one night and because I'd heard about it on a bunch of different movie podcasts and a lot of people were talking about this being a pretty particularly good film. And I got to say, if you like a movie, like sometimes you you watch movies that are pretty derivative of other movies. And this one is definitely no exception. If you are like, hey, I remember liking Leviathan when I was a kid. Also, I really love Alien. Also, I like movies that start in the middle basically, and then just never stop till the end. 
and don't even really care if you know the names of all the characters or who they are or what they are or what they're about. You're just like on a immediate you must survive adventure and just go along for the ride. And while I think we both had a few issues with the ending, cor- correct me if I'm wrong, Erica. No correction, Ryan. That is accurate. <laughs> okay. Um, I thought it was a hell of a lot of fun. What did you think? Yeah. Correct. That is correct. That is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> in oh, fact well, that is exactly yeah. what we said to each other when we finished the movie is that i turned it off and i said i enjoyed that did you not and she said that is correct mm-hmm. yeah that's how it went <laughs> now let's go we, lay in a horizontal position and close our eyes for a few hours <laughs> we right we are like let's let's power down our batteries we are robots. No more talking necessary. <laughs> we both enjoyed that. Um, Kristen Stewart is the lead part. I, I really does start in the middle. The the whole production, it's like an underwater, it's an underwater base, and you don't really know what it is that they're doing for a while. Eventually you will find out what they're doing, but it takes a while to get there. And the production design looks exactly like alien. And you know what? Sometimes I'm like, I don't I don't hate on that. I love Alien. I like underwater sea creature movies. Like, I was totally in for it. I was totally down for the entire thing. Yeah. Um, I watched all of Aquaman. I can I can make it right, through this. If we watch all of Aquaman, we can make it through this, for sure. Yes. Yeah. I, did you watch Deep Deep Star 6? I mean, back in the day, yes, I did. It's, all right. I, I've, it's been a little while since I've watched Deep Star 6. I do, I do want to rewatch them because those movies have just recently both well, maybe not Leviathan. I think Deep Rising has come out and Deep Star 6 have both come out on Blu-ray. But I'm like, I was always like Leviathan and Deep Star 6 were always like the two movies that kind of came out at the same time. They're all sort of trying to to capitalize on the, the um, impending possible success of The Abyss, which was going to mm-hmm. come out. And that was James Cameron, Big Epic. So everybody was like, we must do underwater movies. And I always was a particular fan of Leviathan, probably because there's Peter Weller. And, you know, Buckaroo Banzai, Robocop, I'm going to I'm probably going to side with that one. But I do think it was the better movie, but I I should rewatch. I should see how those movies have gone. But Deep Star Six has Greg Evigan as the hero. Versus yeah, and Peter isn't Weller. that Sean Cunningham that did that one? I think so. Yes. Uh, who who was the Friday the 13th director. Mm. And this so is a very special bonus episode <laughs> because all of this just now, folks, was off. The dome. The domes. <laughs> off the, the domes. domes. Off, off the, the bro domes. Off the bro domes. <laughs> um, yeah. Jesus. So just open one Google tab. <laughs> My God, this is getting creepy. It's getting weird. Erica just retains none of this information, so she's just impressed that we have bothered to retain all this information for a long time. That is correct. Uh, that, that is accurate. <laughs> but yes, uh, this is a pretty good, pretty good cast. Yeah, Vincent Cassell as well. This I, I really enjoyed it. I just to get back to Underwater really quick and close that out. Enjoyable movie. I would uh, I, I would suggest checking that one out if you have HBO. Cool. And if and well, if you I mean, don't, you are screwed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not sure. I I would imagine there's a Blu-ray or something coming out soon. So, um, but yeah, what what did you watch, Mark? What have you been watching? Well, I I actually I, I watched two movies. Um, that were not New World movies. And since you brought up Underwater, uh, it kind of dovetails nicely into uh, 
l- last night I watched Soul Surfer, which, you know, is certainly not Yay. a new movie. It came out in 2011. My daughter is a, a big fan of Bethany Hamilton. And so she she's seen this movie a million times, loves this movie, wanted to watch it again. And I, you know, it's, it's, it's a, very sweet, nice movie, you know, showing triumph after tragedy. And, you know, I certainly recommend it to anyone. But the reason why I bring it up, and I wasn't going to bring it up, the reason why I bring up Soul Surfer is this was the first time I had actually watched it all the way through. Um, I sat and watched parts of it and been like, I kind of know where this is going and left. Uh, But I watched the whole thing. And at the very end, she's getting interviewed by John Philbin, who played turtle turtle in, in north shore yeah yeah in north shore and uh you know we had just been talking about north shore and uh i'm, I'm sure that we'll save that for another bonus episode but mm-hmm. i didn't know if that was just um coincidental casting maybe he just i think he does live in hawaii and he just happened to be there or if that was the production company doing a little wink of like if, if you know you know what we just did right there by casting him as the one at, uh, doing the interviewing uh, but uh, anyway, I thought that was I. That was the first time I had seen that at the end, and I kind of laughed. And I said, "It's turtle." And my wife and my daughter kind of looked at me like, "Huh? I, okay." What? There's sure. no. There's no turtle. There's no turtle <laughs> in the in this scene. Uh, right. Yeah, we. I, right. He has stayed there after North Shore, and I believe he's been living in Hawaii, and he teaches surfing, and like that's been surfing has sort of taken his over John Philbin's life, as far as I know, and. He's been not really acting so much and really been more of a surfer. So, but I'm sure that they, they, if you're making a a surf movie, like you're, you probably have seen North Shore quite a few times. And our kids have also seen Soul Surfer as well, right? Yes, they have. So they also. That is correct. That is accurate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They also were fans of that and were telling me about how she had her arm chopped off and uh, by a shark and then she continued to surf. They would tell me about well, the shark, that part. Technically, of the shark bit it. The shark didn't come with a knife and chop off her arm. It did pretty much. Okay, it. well, they didn't give me a very accurate description then. That oh. is not an accurate description. Well, they're liars. I'm glad we figured mm-hmm. that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. liars. Right. Huh. I'm, su- I'm huh. surprised you didn't question them and say, chopped? Explain to me. How, how would that have worked? I mean, look, you I know? trust children, you know, and yeah. I trust them implicitly. <laughs> They're, if they're going to tell me something, I'm going to believe it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they have just now, just today, given me reason to question their yeah. authenticity. How many other things could they have been lying hmm. about? I, I mean, don't know. I don't know. Now I'm geez. really going to have to go back and the old dome, the old ro- dome Rolodex and see how often they might have been lying to me. Yikes. Hmm. Well, I wouldn't say well, that they were lying, but they might have been embellishing the truth. Just a little. Mm, just a tinge. Mm, oh. There you go. Oh. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. Then they're not liars. Oh, <laughs> oh thank God. You can sleep. You can lay down and, t- and turn off your batteries tonight and feel okay about it. <laughs> now that you know that they're not <laughs> liars. Right. That would really mess up our circuitry if that if it's true that children are liars. Um, another movie that we watched together that I'm going to bring up is that we watched Critters 2. Ooh, wow. The the main course. Grover's Bend. It's just a speck on the map of the universe. Transform. They get a different class of tourist here. Company's coming. Noisier. 
first year. They're turning this peaceful little town. Those hungry hairballs from outer space are on a roll. Let's just get help. Oh, who are we going to call? Critter Busters? I mean, we saw the first Critters not too long ago. And, of course, I have the box set from Scream Factory. Humble brag. And, you know, <laughs> just saying, <laughs> you know. Um, of course, this one is the, the directorial debut of Mick Garris. It also has Scott Grimes coming back. Uh, Don Opper comes back, our our guy from Android. Our boy, our boy from Android. He comes back, and a very he does have a cool. I remember when we talked about that movie with Tarek. He mentioned that he has a pretty cool arc in the Critters series, and I was mentioning how I I was looking forward to getting this set and, and watching the Critters movies. Um, Critters Two is definitely a movie that you need to see Critters One to enjoy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> quite because quite literally. Mm-hmm. They all talk about how there was an incident in this yeah. town years before, but no one will get into any great detail about it. Nope. I feel like they're just saying, you know what happened. You guys, we're not going to waste your time recapping part one. You're here for part two. Let's ride. And ride they do because <laughs> those critters get themselves into a big old giant ball, which, mm-hmm. of course, is, is often the cover of Critters 2. Is them in a giant yeah, critter that's ball. That's the one I remember. Yeah. Erica remembers, so she really liked Critters too. Um, well, I, sh- I just remember thinking like how gross it was that in, in that picture that all their mouths were along the outside of the ball and I just thought, ooh, mm-hmm. ugh. Like then their mouths are just touching everything. The street, the dirt. Ugh. <laughs> just seemed- <laughs> This seemed gross. Like a lot of gross things could get so into their mouths. You were just you were horrified by the potential of germs. Yeah, yeah. I just thought, Ugh, shouldn't they put like their legs or their arms on the outside right. of the wall to like push themselves? Or they push themselves along with their mouths? Just seems so gross. Yeah. So you were not terrified at all by the critters, but just <laughs> this. But just horrified at their, their giant union could have yeah. such potential for germs. Yeah. 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 Well, that makes sense. Um, it is interesting to me that in the two critters movies, it takes two outbreaks of critters to really convince the townspeople that there were indeed critters. But based on the times we're currently in now, with okay. the pandemic, that's true. It seems uh, critters seems more believable it's true. than ever. It does that it happens twice, and people are still like, I don't know. You guys blew up your own house. Fool me once, critters. <laughs> Yeah, seems perfectly logical that people would be like, eh, we're fine. Also interesting that it's like, not like they'll roll into a big ball with their mouths everywhere. Oh, God, <laughs> don't, don't look outside. There's a critter ball. Their mouths are everywhere. It, what's interesting and about a, a series like this is like a series I love, Phantasm, like there are four entries. Really, there's a fifth now because now there's a newer Critters. Critters Attack just came out a couple years ago, but that this is the this second one is literally the last one released theatrically. So from here on out, three, four, and even the recent five are all movies that were just released onto DVD. So or right. straight to video. So uh it's like when you get into like the last four of the Hellraisers. 
you're really <laughs> right, right you gotta you're you gotta really want like it. you gotta you yeah. gotta be like <laughs> I, I don't really care. I love Pinhead. I like hard. Right. And right. I'm willing like, to I'm, I'm willing to go I'm down. <laughs> I'm even willing to go to embrace a new Pinhead at some point. Mm-hmm. No, nobody was. <laughs> nobody was. Even diehards were like, no, not going there. Not can't can't do it. <laughs> so you'll you're going four <laughs> yeah, through eight, but if you go beyond that, you're like, forget it. No. Even if the actor who plays Pinhead, who's I know I'm going to get in trouble for not remembering his name, even if he was like needing a walker, I'd still be like, no, you got to have him. You need to have him as Pinhead. It's like you 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 can't introduce a new tall man in the Phantasm series. There was only one. Yes, there Angus was Grimm, only one. And that's it. That's true. You can't just that's suddenly true. swap him out with someone else and be like, you you get it, right? It's close enough, right? Yeah, it's cool, right? <laughs> hey, look, this guy is also tall. He also has <laughs> pins in his head. <laughs> well, Pinhead is arguably a little bit easier to, you know, to, to kind of cast a new person, which they actually did. Doug Bradley, I, I don't know how long he was in because I have not been so daring <laughs> as to go down the Hellraiser, all the Hellraisers uh, till number eight. But was it like nine that he that he jumped out? This is where the dome is breaking down. Ryan's looking at me for help. I'm like, I don't remember Hellraiser number one. <laughs> we'll get there. We will get there. We're at least going to watch two. Um, but yeah, the Doug Bradley played him. For, and then they did replace him, but replacing the tall man is kind of hard because you, how, how do you find somebody that looks like you're, you're just getting a bald guy with a bunch of pins in his head, but to replace Angus Grimm, you got to find somebody that looks like Angus Grimm. And I don't know how you're going to pull that one off. Well, I mean, it, it's also hard to pull off a new pinhead that doesn't look like Douglas Bradley. I mean, he, he has a certain voice. He has a certain look. I mean, it just. Anyway, it it uh, that's that's where I had to that's where I had to call it. I guess was somewhere was it like Hellraiser Revelations or something like that. Hellraiser Revelations is where they got uh, Stephen Smith Collins uh, played him of course, at that point. Of course they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he went to Juilliard. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, ready. So for yeah, he. <laughs> I'm he, not, I can also dome. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm not, you know what, listeners, I'm just going to throw out facts and you can decide for yourself if they're dome, if they're, oh, they're definitely off the dome, but are they factually accurate? Yeah, he, uh, he's such a, he was so method. He just, he went to hell. Well, I just feel and... like he has three names, so I just feel like he's more legitimate. He's probably a better actor. Yeah. When you have three um, names, you're better. And... James Earl Jones. Come on. He was great. Yep. Say no more. You got it. That's it. And then, you know, old two name. (laughs) Old two name. Old two two name Doug Bradley. Doug Bradley. Like like at one point they're like, Doug. Old two name stars in. (laughs) Like, Doug, what's your middle name? Can we give you three Aloysius. Like, no, we can't do Doug Aloysius. (laughs) No, it's not going to. Never mind. We're getting a new guy. (laughs) How in the Hellraiser did we go from Soul Surfer to Hellraiser? Oh, because we we even get there. Because Critters is a natural leap into the Hellraiser franchise. I already forgot that we watched and then talked about Critters just now. (laughs) God, now I'm thinking about their mouths all over everything again. (laughs) Ooh. Uh, I would say the Critters 2 was still pretty fun. 
Did you enjoy it? I think it's pretty fun. That is correct. <laughs> that is accurate. Um, I really did think that, uh, I do think the Critters movies are pretty decent. Like, <laughs> I thought you were going to say they were pretty deep. I don't know why. Oh, hey, they're deep. They're pretty deep. They're deep. They're think about deep. it, guys. They're like the they're gremlins, but they're lesson. just not quite the gremlins, man. Yeah. Think about that. There's no good version of them. <laughs> they're only bad. No, they. Uh, I think they're good gateway uh, horror films for kids. I think like oh. uh, the exception of me, at least the first one. The second one's a little trickier because they do have like uh, a play. No, not a Playboy Playmate, but they make her out to be a Playboy Playmate in it because they have the two aliens that sort of like can transform and take shape of mm-hmm. any person that they see. And so... When Don Opper is looking at a nudie mag, uh, he tries to show that to her. So she or the alien transforms into her and we get some we got we got it. We got a titty count on that one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it they cast this woman expressly probably for her for her boobs. You think so? I think so. I think it's possible. Okay, it's possible. How many names did she have, though? Oh, that's a good. I don't re- recall exactly who she is. She could be a three name. She, she could, could be a Juilliard three she name. She could be, and that would be mean that she is a terrific actor. So, um, the next critters, though, it does is the uh, big screen debut of a Mister Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, so just throwing that out. You there. mean the little the little screen debut because it only came out. On DVD, <laughs> the straight the, to video the, debut. Whatever screen size you have, debut. Um, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, but uh, so maybe we'll get into Critters Three next time. But Mark, what is the next movie on that you've seen? Uh, I watched uh, Lumberto Bava's "A Blade in the Dark." Composing music for movies. Interesting. Uh, what are you working on now? Uh, 1983 giallo movie uh he made this before demons and demons 2 it was like his second movie and it was supposed to be made for tv and so it was supposed to be in four parts uh where there was a murder at the end of each episode Mm. Uh, but i guess when they when they turned it in uh the 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 studio, the TV studio was like, yeah, this is like way too gory to show on television. So they're like, oh, oh, all right. Well, I guess we'll release in the theaters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as you know, I and, and it seems like every bonus episode, I'm simply talking about Italian horror movies. And um, this one might be my jumping point. This might be my Hellraiser 9, where I have to switch it up to something else. <laughs> because it had all the tenants, you know, uh, some nice camera work, uh, some nice sets, uh, interesting, an interesting score that was compelling. Uh, the story was just so convoluted. 
and just ultimately really boring. Like there was just, it, there was no reason to care. And part of that is the, the plot surrounds um, a guy who was uh, actually scoring a horror movie that his friend is making. And he's rented this house from a guy who's going on a business trip. And as he's staying in this house, some strange things start to happen and people start disappearing and he thinks that they're, that they're getting murdered, but he can't find the bodies and he's not sure what's going on, but he is making all the dumbest decisions. Like he's finding knives and then just going, Hmm, why does that there? You know, he does, he does that thing that they do in movies where you see a drop of blood. And so of course you put your finger in it and then you rub your your index finger and your thumb together. Why do oh, you God, do, that? I do that all the time? Are you I looking for the, the viscosity of the blood? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this feels like a positive. Because everybody know knows why. how cool blood feels. Blood feels so cool. Like you just want to rub it into your skin. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. But he finds Especially if you don't know whose blood place. it is. <laughs> if you don't know whose blood yeah, it is. Yeah, mystery blood. Of course. Is right. Mystery blood. It's even you, better for that, the skin. Whereas you might get grossed out on a giant critter ball just chewing on the ground in order to gain momentum. Mm-hmm. Like when you find strange blood, a stranger's blood, yeah. you're like, ooh, rub that in my skin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why not just lick it? Just see how it tastes. <laughs> Is that really blood? I mean, it could be fake. Uh, so, you know, he finds blood, but of course he doesn't call the police because he says, oh, but without a body, they'll think I'm crazy. Yeah, but if you found drops of blood all around your house, they they might use that as sufficient evidence. Right, they to might open investigate the case. blood. <laughs> yeah. The police only but investigate course, when there's a body. That's the only time they uh, investigate anything. I understand police work because I'm a composer of music. <laughs> right. Shit! Someone so, just stole um, my car. Quick! I have to kill someone so the police will investigate. <laughs> that's a bummer because it sounds like it's gonna be terrifying like it sounds like it's gonna be gory because like blade in the dark that just sounds like a mistake waiting to happen yeah somebody just whipping a blade around in the dark and Mm -hmm. that's kind of scary sounds scary yeah put your blades down start but it's let me hit the white let me hit the light switch then you can get your pick your blade back up (laughs) but don't do it in the dark uh, that's terrifying what are you nuts But uh, no, it's not terrifying. Uh, it's just a lot of poor decisions. I think the, the my 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 takeaway, my highlight of the movie is that uh, in the beginning and then in a few uh, uh, cutaway scenes later on in the movie, uh, the boy from Lucio Fulci's Manhattan Baby is in it, and I was like, "Oh, that kid again!" Uh, but mm-hmm. that's really. That's what I'm going to go to bed tonight thinking about is remembering that kid and that he had he was in another movie and I didn't know that he was. And so there you go. <laughs> if you want to know if you want to see another movie that that kid was in, this is the movie to watch. <laughs> <laughs> see them all. See, see his entire filmography. Yeah, um that reminds me that I did see on like a Zoom call they did a screening um, it was like a through USC with the co-hosts of all the colors in the dark podcast, Re- Rebecca McKendry, Dr. Rebecca Re- McKendry and Elric Kane. And they did bird with a crystal plumage. And I hadn't rewatched that mm, in a while. That's a good and one. It's a really good, that's one. A good one. It's a really that's good one. To one. And I got to say, I think they used mm-hmm. the transfer that came from the arrow put out the last Blu-ray from it. And the, and the transfer just looked amazing and it's over a zoom. And I was like, man, 
that might be worth a pickup because man, the, the transfer on it looks fantastic. And it's, it really has some, it has a really, I'm forgetting the guy's name, but it has like a really great cinematographer that Dario worked with. And I don't know if he worked with again. I can't even remember the guy's name. <laughs> what a dunce. I can't remember the cinematographer for this bird movie. <laughs> well, I thought you would appreciate uh, this bird movie because it has its bird in the title. Are there birds in it? Well, not exactly, but well, then I'm good. <laughs> um, Vittorio Storaro. That's the guy. Who I, why I couldn't remember that name. Who knew? Um, he was also the uh, cinematographer for Apocalypse Now and uh, Last Emperor. Um, you know, bunch of stuff. And I don't think I'm not sure he worked again with Dario Argento, but he did uh, other than that movie. And the cinematography on it is just is great. It's definitely much more. I think one of those earlier efforts that seemed a little bit more like Hitchcockian. And it doesn't have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you said cock, <Right>. Ian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. We invited a child under the podcast. <laughs> well, then I know I can be trusted. <laughs> that is accurate. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and yet it's it's actually, I think it's one of his better ones. I really think that's one of his better ones. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's any better than, I don't know, the card player, but it's still pretty good. It still holds up. <laughs> Mm. Uh, it's card players. <laughs> it is a gem. bit of a hidden gem in terms um, of his later, that, his later filmography. But I don't, I don't, wanna, I don't know. His, but don't, don't let's not talk about it now. I need you, to give that we one. Might talk about it. it later. No, no, no. I yeah, need to give it yeah. another viewing. We got to talk about that later. Viewing, so and let you not leave this Italian giallo <laughs> ride that you're on. Um, you'll never escape it. <laughs> to completely <laughs> leave the genre entirely, I'm going to bring up one last movie that I wasn't going to quite bring up at first. Um, because I got the Blu-ray from Vinegar Syndrome and it is now currently sold out. But this mm. movie is available on uh, Amazon Prime, and I'm talking about L.A. Wars. Soon it will be Raul Guzman who controls the City of Angels. Somewhere in Central South America. He's trying to take on Giovanni and he's the one that started all this mess. I want revenge for my nephew's death. Carlo Giovanni will pay for this with blood. And this is like an action movie where, going back to Certain Fury, how we talked about how the script was written by some, like a child. Every scene in this movie is people chewing someone else out in every scene it's like a constant barrage of like get off my back or you know like you don't want to tell me and it's (laughs) and it's a guy who lost his badge used to be a cop now he's working as a bouncer but they need someone to get inside of this italian crime family who is at war with another crime family in town so they have to turn to this guy who lost his badge because they need somebody. And he's actually played by uh, Vince Mur- Murdaco, I believe. I think I'm probably saying that that, uh, 
that name wrong. Uh, Vince Murdaco, and he was he's actually a Canadian kickboxer. He was actually before he started getting into movies. So you know that they're going to their finest actor for this. And what but what he brings, um, and this kind of are you talking about kickboxing's finest actor or Canada's <laughs> finest actor? I mean, both, I think, is what we're getting. <laughs> I'm not sure who you're insulting with that comment, so I, I want to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> they are those two things, and they include. In fact, the Venn diagram is one circle. <laughs> We're both Canadian and kickboxer written in the middle. Um, <laughs> and so this remi- it reminded me a little bit of a movie I brought up before, which was American Rickshaw, where you saw uh, Olympic gold medal winner um, Mitch Gaylord do a lot of his own stunts, and in this one. They may have gotten one from Mitch, but in this one, Vince does not have a single uh, uh, stunt double at all. In fact, he even has an interview on the disc where he talks about how when he started making movies, and this wasn't even his first, when he started making some movies, like he just did all the stunts because he just thought that's what you did. And he didn't realize that you actually should get paid extra for mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So he just would do all of his own stunts and didn't think twice about it. And it wasn't until later that he went, oh. Um, I think I actually got taken advantage of a little bit on that because I did absolutely all of my own stunts. Um, Erica saw the, the, the beginning of this and saw it and was like, she's like, what is this, a VHS? <laughs> and the reason the reason is, is that on top of everything else, it is definitely in like a TV format. And yeah. re-listening to a podcast today where they talked to one of the guys that works for Vinegar Syndrome, it turns out that the... The reason it took a it took them a few years to finally release this movie, and the reason was is because they couldn't get a better uh, source copy for them to do the restoration. Mm-hmm. So the restoration is what it is because they couldn't get a better they couldn't get the original better source material, and they usually like to try to get one of the, at least one of the original tapes if they're going to use a VHS tape, like a master tape. But they were not able to do that, so they were having to work with what they had. That said, I think. It wasn't a problem for me, but it could be something that might be an issue if you're going to watch this. It could be a problem for an adult woman with the movie taste of a young child. <laughs> this it's, this should have been one that you got into because it is... Patience, the viewing patience of a child. He basically gets a job with the Italian uh, crime family protecting their daughter from this other one. By the way, these two crime families step into each other's compounds with ease that is unbelievable. <laughs> There is no one. They're like, we need to put a guard out front. I think that's what we keep messing up. Also, we all know each other's addresses. Apparently, <laughs> that's not a secret to anybody. Well, back in the back in those days, back in the eighties, you know, the the L.A. War days of, I'm assuming this is the eighties or the seventies. You know, there was more of an honor code. There was an honor system. You just, you knew, <laughs> you knew. Like, be cool. Don't. You know my address. You know where I am. Don't, right. don't come by. Hey, don't hey. stop. Just keep you, on going. Move down the road. You stay where you need to go. This is my address. Don't come over to where I live. You stay where you live, which is where exactly? <laughs> I think I watched enough. Oh, here? Oh, here. Oh, here. Here's right a map. Now? This is where I live. Don't come near this place. I mean, and literally that is the the tone of almost every line spoken in this movie. And honestly, I thought it was awesome. I just enjoyed the hell out of it. It was like, I mean, it it looks like it was a really bad, uh, you know, action movie that was clearly on TV. 
but there is, it's definitely a little bit more is made for like, you know, probably more of an adult channel. Uh, it was made for obviously very little money, except with the exception of a few explosions that they do. There's a few action scenes where they actually are like, okay, they spent a little money here, but that's about it. They certainly didn't spend any money. They saved all the money that they had for a stunt crew. And they just, they just put that money towards a couple of explosions and uh, it was it was it it was awesome. I love the disc. Unfortunately, the disc is not available anymore. It's sold out, so unfortunately, you can't do that. But you can watch it on Amazon Prime, and uh, I suggest you do it because it was it was a hoot. It was a real it was a really fun fun movie, and just just ridiculous and over the top. So if you like that kind of movie. Uh, you should be watching L.A. Wars. Awesome. Well, then that is it for us uh, on this b- 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 bonus episode. Right, Erica? That is correct. That is accurate. <laughs> um, so thank you guys so much for joining us. And, uh, you know, uh, find us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. You know, uh, you, you, you know name it. Drill. We're out there. We're everywhere. Rate we are... and review us. You know how this works. <laughs> Here's, you listen we'll... to podcasts. You know what we're talking about. Come on, yeah. find us. Also, Give us a review. Write Give us. us a review. Write us at info at newworldpodcast.com. That we that's what we really want. Reach out to us. Come on, Denver. Come on, Denver. We're talking to you almost exclusively. Let's be pen pals. <laughs> um, anyway, that's it. Well, next the next episode we're gonna release, we're gonna release a very special Valentine's Day episode. And I think you're going to want to stick around for that because this is what that episode is. Crystal Heart, a film of forbidden desire and deep affection, passion at its hottest, starring Bachelor Party's Tawny Katane and Fame's Lee Carreri. Chris needs a miracle. And Allie is that miracle. Would you send her on tour if she were on the cover of National Enquirer? Sign her up the day it comes out. There's been nothing normal, logical, or acceptable about Chris since the day he was born. Right. Ready, fuck me. Party's Tawny Katane and Fame's Lee Carreri. Crystal Heart. All right, everybody, that's it for us. We'll see you next time with the New World Podcast. Think I'm playing some half-assed motherfucking game? Bye.